All right, on today's episode, I have Mr. Streets Department himself, uh, one of the, the uh, most followed people on, on, on Instagram in the Philadelphia region. He has over 142,000 followers on Instagram. Fantastic photographer, Mr. Conrad Benner. Welcome to the show. Welcome to The Blind Entrepreneur. Thank you so much. Thanks for that nice intro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Conrad, uh, as we mentioned before, um, off, off air, uh, I've been following you for quite some time. And so, uh, without further ado, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and uh, what is your story? Sure. So, uh, well, that could be an hour in, in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a Fishtown-born photographer. I was born and raised in Fishtown, so been in Philadelphia my whole life. And I run a blog called streetsdepartment.com, which is a, it's about five years old, or, or it will be five years old this January. And it's a blog that focuses on street art, graffiti, and urban exploration. Um, it started off just as a blog, a photo blog. Um, but then when I could afford a smartphone, it also became an Instagram. And the Instagram is a little bit wider. It's just sort of like my life in Philadelphia, things I love in Philadelphia. So it focuses a lot more on architecture, uh, neighborhoods, things that are going on in the city, in addition to street art, graffiti, and urban exploration. Um, but it's just more of a wider uh, look at my photography work. Great. Now, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, to those of you who aren't from Philadelphia or haven't been to Philadelphia, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the art scene, uh, about the mural scene specifically. Sure. So Philadelphia is really... Uh, I mean, it's got the most public art in America. So I think that's something I'm always shocked when people don't know that. I think that's something we should be like championing all the time. Um, and that's in large part due to the mural arts program. So the mural arts program is a 30-year-long program that is partially funded by the city and partially, actually mostly funded by private donation. Um, and it takes spaces in, in Philly, walls, oftentimes on underused structures or sometimes abandoned structures and creates murals. Uh, they find money and give it to artists to paint murals on walls. Um, in addition to that, we also have some of the best art schools in the country and in and around our city. So our city is full of young artistic people, um, a lot of street artists, a lot of graffiti artists. And really, I mean, the other great thing about Philly is that modern day graffiti sort of started here with Cornbread doing his tag in the 60s, um, tagging the Jetsons 5 jet uh, in the Philadelphia airport tagging an elephant in the zoo. And it's just sort of, yeah, it kind of went to New York in the 70s and 80s. Obviously, I think when you think of graffiti, you think of the subways uh, the, of the 1980s in New York. Um, but it has definitely stayed here. It's evolved here. And now we have just an amazing plethora of artists. We have Joe Borschau, who's been doing paper cutouts. He does those really popular ones on mailboxes. They're often like bird cages. Um, or bird, or that was the first one he did. Uh, we have Ishnitz, who's a yarn bomber. Kid Hazo, who did a big ticket and ticketed the PPA. Um, Old Broads, who sort of takes the over-sexualization of women and makes fun of it. She's a, a woman artist who loves graffiti and street art, but hates oftentimes how women are portrayed uh, in, those, in those forms. Yeah, so I mean, it's alive and vibrant, and I'm so happy to be able to document it. Yeah, so where do you think your passion comes from? Where, where did it all begin? I don't know. People always ask me that, and I never really know what to say. So, I mean, I've always been interested in street art and graffiti. Um, when I was a kid, I mean, I'm, my laptop is now stacked on four books about graffiti. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, I, got, I would get two books from Barnes & Noble, because that was like the only thing that was around. I would get books about graffiti and street art and books about architecture. And if you look at my Instagram feed today, it's pretty much that. 
Um, so it's just something I've always been interested in. I don't know. Maybe it's the photographer's eye. I, I'm, something appeases me about art in the public space, especially when it's contrasted, you know, beautiful street art or a graffiti writer on contrast it with an abandoned building, which oftentimes it's on abandoned buildings, you more times than not. Um, or really beautiful architecture, especially in our city. Um, I love, you know, our glass skyscrapers in contrast to, you know, this colonial look that we have in Old City. Um, so I don't know, it's something I've always been interested in. Um, photography is just something I've figured out. Um, I never went to college. I went to, I took a few classes at community college, um, but mostly just for writing and political science. I never graduated. And I just picked up a camera one day and explored and kind of taught myself. Yeah. So why, I mean, obviously you're from Philadelphia and your roots are stem from there. Just like myself, I'm, I'm from the Northeast Philly area. Oh, nice. And uh, now in, now I'm a South Philly boy. Um, nice. But why, why Philadelphia? I mean, you can go to anywhere anywhere in the world right yeah. now in order to do it. Why? What makes Philadelphia so different, so special? Well, you know, that's one of the things. I definitely, I grew up in a city. I was always kind of a creative kid. Um, and when I, the Philadelphia I grew up in, I sort of just assumed, I think from like TV and movies that I would have to move to New York or LA to like make a life for myself. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a kid, but it was just sort of this thing I knew in the back of my head, like, oh, Felicity, I need to go to NYU or something, you know? Um, but as I grew up and I graduated high school and I started working and living as an adult in Philadelphia, I realized how much opportunity really there is here um, that may or may not exist in those uh, bigger cities. Um, one of the things I love about Philadelphia is that it is sort of, I mean, every city is always changing, but it seems like there happens to be a lot of change occurring in Philadelphia right now. A lot of people are moving back, a lot of opportunities are being created, and it's really easy to sort of make your own path here. It's generally pretty affordable to live in. It's super easy to get around Philadelphia. We're a super walkable, bikeable city. We have a pretty good public transportation system. Um, so I think it's just really affordable to live here, really easy to make and maintain friends and find a community and it's sort of easy to build yourself here yeah. whereas in New York and LA you have just I mean your rent is four times what it would be here food costs more you have to work more work longer hours maybe you're more exhausted I'm not saying it's impossible obviously it's not because yeah. people do it but I think that there's just sort of I don't know something about Philadelphia that makes it work here yeah, so uh, you you hinted at it briefly, but what are what are some of the struggles that you had, uh, you know, starting starting this this career that you you're now in? Well, I mean, I would look at it the other way. Actually, I think that we live in a really lucky age where there are so many tools at our disposal that are cheap or free. Um, so I started the blog with a camera that I bought for a hundred dollars, a little point and shoot, and the blog costs twenty five dollars a year to maintain. You know, I went through WordPress. Um, so for $125, I was able to give myself a voice in a market that didn't really document or celebrate or talk about street art or graffiti. And what I mean by that is, you know, City Paper or Philly Weekly would do an article on one street artist maybe once every few months, but there was no sort of consist consistent documentation or talk about the scene here in Philadelphia. So I saw that as sort of a hole in the market, if you will. Um, and for very cheap, I was able to get in there and tackle it and... Uh, represent it and I think it worked <laughs> now obviously uh, I'm sure you get this question a lot what you've been able everybody starts on Instagram with zero followers how are you able to leverage <coughs> those types of individuals um, you know to the city paper and, and things of that nature to grow your your base to what it what it is today 
Well, I think like with any career, collaboration is huge. So anytime I talk about an artist on my blog or my Instagram, oftentimes that artist will point their followers to me, say, hey, look, go look at this hopefully great photo of a piece of artwork I did in the city. Um, so I'm not sort of in my own bubble. I'm going out and exploring and inviting other people in. Um, I mean, I, I was also at the advantage of the blog had been running for about two years before I even started the Instagram. So I had sort of this base of followers, people who were following me through Twitter and Facebook um, and who knew the work I did on my blog. So I had sort of a running start with the Instagram for sure. So, but always reaching out to people and connecting and always helps. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you're using influencer marketing in order to, to, to do exactly what it is that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So of all of the pictures, um, you know, do you have a particular one that, that was like the, the picture that kind of made it? Or is there a picture that, that is one of your favorites? Um, <clears throat> just kind of speaking pers- personally for, for a moment, um, one of my favorite photos I think was probably one of the, the ones that I followed you on was it was like a really gloomy, dark day. and It was raining and it was like a picture of like where the bottom of the uh, – it was the, the very bottom of your of the image, um, and it was shown showing a, shining a light. It was probably a couple of years ago at this point, and it was like the whole city of Broad Street, or maybe it was Market, mm. um, and that was that was my photo that allowed me to give you a follow. But what was what nice. was that photo that kind of um, that 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 you knew that this is something much bigger than than what it, than just a regular Instagram account? Sure. So I mean, I'll I'll look at that two ways. One on the blog. So three months into the blog, I had an artist named Ishnitz invite me out to document her yarn bombing a bunch of the seats on the L. And I just had a blog at that point. I couldn't afford a smartphone, and those photos went everywhere. They went went like sort of viral, at least for in my context. Mm-hmm. So like Time Magazine posted one of the photos. Mm-hmm. Etsy tweeted about the blog post. Um, we were interviewed eventually by like TV stations across the country. One in San Diego. So that was for the blog. But for Instagram, I think one of the first ones, people love generally things that they've seen before. So if it's a city of our skyline or it's a, if it's a photo of our skyline or a photo of City Hall, I'll oftentimes get more likes. I think people just sort of like what they, what they know. Um, and if you can put that sort of thing that they know in a different light, which I think is kind of what you're saying, it was a darker photo or it was a different time of day or maybe it was cloudy or foggy, um, it makes for an even more... I don't know, engaging photo. So one of my favorite photos and the ones that got, I think, like a thousand likes in less than an hour, like well before I was sponsored or made a suggested user on Instagram was this photo, like the first time it snowed maybe a year and a half ago on Girard Avenue with the trolley tracks and I just had my friend run out, you know, because there are no cars driving, like a block away from me and jump as high as he could and like do this, my friend Jason. We took that photo, went back to the house, edited it, put it up, and it got a ton of likes. And I was like, oh, crap, that's really cool. And then that's when I realized that everyone likes snow photos and fog photos. That same year, I did a photo of him jumping in the fog with, like, the bridge behind him on Ray Street Pier. And it also did really well. Wow. That's cool. So so in terms of everything going on right now, um, obviously, there's a lot of success, but there's also failures. Uh, What was, so far, what has been your biggest failure? Um, how did you overcome it, and what did you learn from it? Hmm. I mean, wow. Aren't we constantly failing? That's how we learn. <laughs> the biggest failure, though. 
You know, I, I mean, if we're being honest, I kind of tripped up this past year. I have for a long time wanted to um, find ways to make this blog a sustainable lifestyle for me. Um, so up until this past summer, I've been working full time at an ad agency doing social media strategy uh, for brands. And I knew that sort of making this lifestyle sustainable, I'd need to do some sort of mix of advertising, sponsored content, and selling photos for my, of myself, and then maybe doing some strategy work on the side. And all of that sort of worked out. I'm, I've quit my job in May. I've been doing strategy work. Um, I do do some sponsored content on the blog. Advertising I haven't dipped into just because the other things have worked out pretty well. But selling photos is the one thing I think I've sort of failed at. So I tried to launch a, a, a website on my blog or a, like a sales, I don't know, like what is that called? Platform? Right. Yeah. Where I'd sell like six photos a month. And it did well like the first few months, but it was a lot of work to give up with. The first month I sold like... Oh, I don't know, 60 photos. And I was just in my room, like drinking wine, packaging all the photos for like hours. And I, my price point was too low. And I think I just didn't understand what I was doing. Um, and I think it wore me out a bit. So I, that's kind of on hold for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a huge, definitely a huge learning thing for me. Learning I thought it would just be easy. Create a, you know, talking about what we were talking about earlier, it's a, more or less a cheap tool. Use mm -hmm. Big Cartel. Sell some photos. I can print them at the place I've always printed photos and package them myself. But um, I just was not ready for what happened. Well, well, at least you may have learned what type of wine you like. Um, yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that. All right, that's good. <laughs> so what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your your day-to-day? -day? Uh, obviously, there's so much more that's involved than from taking a picture, whether it's on your iPhone, whether it's on your, you know, your smartphone or, or your actual camera. Um, but what has made you, what are the habits that have made you more efficient? Sure. I mean, this is a, a silly thing, but I, oh, my battery's dying. Hold on. Let me plug in my sure. computer real quick. Sure, sure. Um. <clears throat> so this is silly, but I make my bed every morning. Okay. I think that that is such a great, like, subconscious way to really start your day. And I didn't always do that. Sure, that's a great, uh, don't, that's great don't tell my mom. Um, and then something I've gotten in the habit now that I'm doing more, you know, working for myself, I'm doing freelance strategy work and sponsored content and all this, that, and the other thing. And just, like, the regular business of the blog, meeting with artists, um, scheduling posts. I've really gotten into using Google Calendar like it's my Bible mm -hmm. and scheduling things and you know things from appointments to lunch in meetings to getting coffee with people to this interview um, to I now schedule you know get this done get this report done do this thing go meet this artist um, yeah I don't know making a list is probably the biggest thing I've learned and it's not it's nothing new but it really does help and more digital or is it more written? Obviously, Google Calendar is digital, but when you have a to-do list, is it written out? Do you have the... the no, when I write a to-do list, I ignore it. Okay. Like when I write on a piece of paper, I schedule, do this by 2 p.m. tomorrow. Right. I'll get it done by 5, right, but right. Just having it on, the, on like a calendar helps me out a little bit. So, so Especially you when you're not in a 9 to 5, it's hard. I mean, the first month or two, I was doing my own thing this past summer. I was working at all hours in the day and night because I never really set a time for myself. 
Um, so now I have everything done by dinner, and then from dinner on, it's my own life. So you know, it's but it's important to set up those times for for myself. I couldn't agree more. Um, now, what are some? You mentioned Google Calendar. You mentioned to do lists and things of that nature. But what are some other resources that you use every single day that you can't live without? Uh, maybe Instagram, maybe one of them, maybe not. But what are those resources? Sure. I have? mean, yeah, I use. Well, I mean, I use ViscoCam to edit all of my photos. I think that's invaluable. Um, I also use Hyperlapse. I just that was a photo I just posted recently of some clouds going by the Sierra Center. Um, I don't know if a lot of people use that app, but it's really helpful. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think the the most effective thing I do is I try to take a really long walk every single day. I mean, forget all the digital tools. Whatever works for you will work for you. But sort of like clearing my mind and like energizing myself. I try to walk for like at least 45 minutes every day. I mean, that helps in the sense, too, that I can find more wheat paste and stickers and things that I might not find otherwise. Um, but also sort of like helps balance me and like energizes me and sort of centers me. Yeah. So I think that's more important than any digital tool that I use. Are you listening to music during that time? Or is it just more no. like you're walking, hearing the, the just walk. sirens and the beeps and the, the horns and all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I'll call a friend, but usually I'm just walking. I mean, I'm usually walking in neighborhoods where I don't want to have my phone out gotcha, <laughs> um, gotcha. or earplugs in. So right. hell, just walking. It makes sense. So describe your life as, a, as an entrepreneur. Um, when does it begin? Uh, when, does it, when does it end? <clears throat> well, it begins. That is the funniest thing, actually. I think because I've been setting alarm my whole life for so long, like I just naturally wake up at 8 o'clock every day now. Okay. Um, but I'm excited to wake up now. Uh, so it begins at 8 o'clock. I get coffee and a bagel at Reanimator Coffee um, in Fishtown. And then I relax for like an hour and just sort of like chill out. And then I usually dig into work around 11. Um, and then it just goes from whatever I need to work on. Like I said, I usually have a list for myself made out, whether it's some strategy work that I'm doing or there's a really cool blog post I need to create from some photos I took the day before. Um, and then I try not to work for more than like five hours a day because I think that that's like my max productivity mm. thing. Um, or I should phrase that differently. I try not to sit at my computer more than five hours a day because I think that that is not, that's about as max, as most productive as I can get. Um, you know, I'll walk around and photograph things for hours. I'll go meet with artists and do interviews like this on top of that. But um, yeah, I try not to sit in front of my computer for too long. That's good. Any exercise techniques or, or suggestions that you do that, that really work? For what? For, for You said, you know, I, I get anti too sitting down for, for multiple hours of a day. You know, do you just, uh, you know, obviously your walk, um, is, is fitness uh, important to your day-to-day -day activities to, you know, kind of clear your mind, your soul, your, your body? Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things about living at home is that you know, if I'm working for an hour and a half and then I just, I get stuck on something or I need to do, uh, need to clear my mind, I'll go do something in the house. I'll do dishes for 15 minutes right. and not think, I won't even turn on NPR, I'll just, in silence. And then it sort of refocuses me. Okay. So that's cool. And then it also like helps get those little tasks out of the way. So it, so it seems as if that like you, you're kind of regimented to a certain extent. Um, is, is there like a, f a formula that has made you successful, and so, and if so, like, what is what does your process look like, and how can how can you help other millennial entrepreneurs to you know use your process that has worked well for you, and they can adapt it to their own style? I think 
the biggest thing I've learned over the years is patience. So, you know, nothing's going to happen overnight. Uh, when I set out, when I created Streets Department, I, I told myself it would take three years to even get noticed. Um, that's just sort of the expectation I set up for myself. So I think a big part of it is setting really realistic expectations. When you get into a project, know that you're going to have to work, especially if it's something that's for you, you know. You're going to have to work long and hard, and it's going to take a long time for it to pay off. But if you're consistent and patient, it probably will. Um, I believe that that's true. If you build it, they will come. Um, but now it's if you build it and you're patient and you're consistent, you don't build it and then go away in a year and a half, um, they will come. So I think that that's true. So if Be patient and be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up when little failures, you know set you back a little bit or you know one of the hardest things about being a blogger or photographer and Instagrammer or whatever is you really have to set your own productivity um, so but there are weeks where like I don't want to necessarily walk around and find new stuff and I just want to Netflix and chill and by that I mean yeah, by myself right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I let myself do that because I think that there's like an ebb and flow to productivity and to a creative life so I don't beat myself up when I just like do nothing for a day okay. because I think that that sort of recharges my cells and then the next two days I'm super productive and running around the city doing a million things um, and then I chill out again. It's like hibernation, acceleration. Do those, uh, do those hibernation days usually come in uh, on the weekends or is that sometimes that you even build into your schedule throughout the week as well? I mean that's the great thing about working for myself now is that it can sort of happen whenever. Um, it's easier on the weekend just because you get less emails on the weekend. <laughs> Very true. So it does usually happen on the weekend. Even in this lifestyle, it does usually happen more on the weekend. Okay. So uh, for the reason why we're doing this this video and podcast series is the, the blind entrepreneur is basically somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur and may not be able to, may not know what it takes in order to become one. So what are some three pieces of advice that you'd give a millennial who wants to become a, an entrepreneur? You mentioned <clears throat> patience is one of them. Um, could you expand on that one and also yeah. add two more? Sure. I think, well, that comes with sort of deciding what you're going to do. Um, so again, when I created Streets Department, I was very thoughtful. I knew that I would have to work for free and for long hours um, at my own expense. Um, so I knew that it would have to be something I was deeply interested and passionate about. Um, and you know, you hear that growing up, only work at things you're passionate about, but it's really true because um, you will work endlessly to do that. So for years before Streets Department, I was a freelance writer for different blogs, Celebrity, um, fil Filthy Blog, um, Philly.com, and I would write articles sort of geared towards their audience and what they wanted to hear. But it was such a drag to create that content. Um, I would do a series about fashion, and I'm not deeply interested in fashion. I would do a blog post about some new restaurant. I'm not deeply interested in new restaurants. So it was really kind of like pulling teeth for me to get me to do this for like a menial paycheck. I mean, you don't get that much money doing a per article for a freelance writer. Um, so that's when I decided to work for myself, work for free, but to work on something I was deeply interested in. So that was my own photography, obviously. Um, and then street art and graffiti, and really just Philadelphia in general. Um, so I knew that picking something that I was super passionate about would help me get that three-year mark where I thought things might start picking up. Um, so yeah, you can you know, effectively design your career path to 
be patient, you know, and you can do that by creating things or working on something that you know won't burn your burn your fire too too brightly or whatever. Okay. I need more coffee, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's pick something. If you want to say three things, it's pick something that you are so deeply passionate about mm-hmm. that you would work for years for free anyway for. Um, be consistent. You know, it's okay to. You know, if you're a blogger or an Instagrammer, like take a few days off or take even take a week off. I mean, there are times with the blog where I'll post one thing for the whole week. Um, I'm, my blog is not ad driven, um, so I'm lucky to be able to do that. Um, but it's I built it that way on purpose. I knew that my blog. I didn't want to create content to create content. I wanted to talk about things that I liked. And we just happened to you know, street art is the kind of thing where if it's raining all week, there's not going to be new street art, and I'm, I'll have nothing to talk about. Right, right. Um, and I can't not talk about something and satisfy my advertisers. I wanted to satisfy myself. So, okay. yeah, be pick something that you're passionate about. Be consistent, um, even if you do have little down times. You know, have up times as well, and then be patient because it's going to take a while. Couldn't agree more. Um, is there a quote that you that you either live by or that you um, that's kind of like defines your your style? Hmm. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, no. Although, I think, yeah. I mean, I just said, if you build it, they will come. I don't know. That's a good one. Right. No, I I, I would agree with that one. Uh, Jesus did that, said that, right? I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last God wrote qu- it in stone. Right, yeah. Uh, the last question is uh, is more of a fun question. So imagine that you had the worst day of your life. Uh, and uh, whether whether it's in the morning, night, whatever it may be, you had a really, really bad day, and you have to lift your spirits up in some fashion. What is the one f- piece of food or restaurant or uh, whatever that may be that's going to uh, make your day that much better? Okay, well, when I before you got to food, I was going to go back to the walk thing. Cause I'll okay. tell you, a 45-minute walk will change your life. Okay. Um, but food, you know, there is a restaurant on Grubhub. I don't actually know where it is. That's how, whatever. It's called Kenshing. Okay. Um, but they have really good sushi and, like, crab dumplings. Yeah, I'd say that. Cool. Either that or just pizza. I mean. I mean, yeah. Because pizza's pizza. It's, it's great. Yeah. Now, are you uh, take going out for these walks and eating at the same time? Or is it just singular focus and you're just walking? No, I mean, well, because I'm a photographer, it has a lot to do with uh, time of day and like what the sky looks like. So, for example, the other day, it rained the day before, and usually when there's like a low pressure system going through, the the next day sunset will be really crazy, or even that day sunset if the pressure whatever went through earlier in the day. So I knew something was going to happen, so I went to the Schuylkill River. I biked over there, and I just spent about an hour sitting on the river, and I, that's when I created that hyperlapse. Uh, took a bunch of photos. So I think the more you do it, the smarter you get about when's the most effective time to go take a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just sort of whenever. Cool. Well, uh, again, Conrad, thank you so much for your time. Um, lastly, if you could just tell us a little bit uh, where people can find you, how can they follow you, how can they connect and reach out if they want to follow your stuff? Sure. So my website is called streetsdepartment.com, but it's streets, D-E-P-T, uh, department.com. And then on Instagram and Twitter and Vine and Periscope and all of the above, it's at Streets D-E-P-T. Cool. 
Uh, and if you want to email me, it's streets, D-E-P-T, at gmail.com. And uh, all of your contact information is going to be in the show notes so people cool. can uh, follow you there as well. Uh, again, Comrade, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, continue kicking ass. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. See ya.